not only not only to mention are you i mean like are you ever going to use a phone after you dropped it in a vat of piss i didn't drop it i was take <laughs> sitting down taking a shit and it fell out of my hand and then landed on the <laughs> tile screen down i've never dropped the phone in the <laughs> toilet ever I'm not even going to put that out in the universe that I've never done it because I don't want to do it. Yeah, knowing knowing you're like you'll drop it down an elevator shaft. And I've already done that once. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Lift off and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 179, recording on February 20th, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to be discussing uh, EA blaming Halo for Battlefield sucking, uh, Nintendo shutting down the 3DS and Wii U stores, uh, and a lot of Horizon. So be ready for that. To do that, I have with me, as always, Shannon, I will at some point, Carter, or more. At some point what? I don't know. It just says I will at some point. It's because in the Discord you said that you would get to Cuphead eventually. Well, I did. Everyone was dogging on you. Uh, Well, Uh, I did get to it uh, because the peer pressure was so much that it finally, you know, I succumbed to peer pressure. mm. Uh, And um, I was disappointed. But we'll get to that later. (laughs) Also, the other voice you hear now that I've butchered this opening uh, (laughs) is... Justin, have you seen my lands, Carter? But I talked like a fucking land! Your boy went down to Desert Sky Games this weekend. Uh, I was going to do it in a couple weeks, but Megan was like, I want to open new Magic cards now. And I was like, how can I say no to that? So we went down yeah. to the card shop and uh, dropped a few hundred dollars on some uh, new Kamigawa uh, commander decks and boxes of cards and stuff. And let me tell you, dude, those Kamigawa Japanese lands like, I love the Innistrad lands, but it's, like, dude, the black and gray, you know, style, like, looks really mm-hmm. nice. But then, man, do these bright, colorful, like, neon, like, Kamigawa lands coming out after Innistrad mm-hmm. just pop. And they're so beautiful. I love it. Man. Yeah, they look, I, they look nuts. I will tell you right now that it looks like a mid-2000s tap-out shirt. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There's <laughs> so much stuff going on right there. Like, I don't even know. Like I, I'm glad that there was a green icon up in the corner of the one that uh, that Zach sent out, so I knew it was a forest. Because otherwise, I would I would have thought it was a mountain. I would have thought it was a red uh, for sure. I mean, not all of them. Like my favorite one is one of the swamps, and it's almost like this uh, back kind of like Japan alleyway with like the red lanterns and stuff, and it looks really grim and dim and stuff, and it looks it looks beautiful. I love it. It just cracks me up though when you look at you know when I started playing this in, in uh, unlimited and revised way back when, and the picture of the forest was like, it looked like my four-year-old drew it. You know, it was just like, ah, here's a tree, tap it, <laughs> do what you want. And now it's like these insane scenes, like looking like crouching tiger shit happening, you know, <laughs> and it's like a full car. There's no even text on it anywhere. And it's like, yeah, they've, they've come a long way since the, yeah. uh, the stick figure days 
Yeah, before when like they didn't have uh, a lot of money to pay for like a full print. So like half of the card was a print and then the other half was a color. So you knew what it was and then directions on how to use it because, you know, nobody knew how to use to tap uh, when we were playing. Half the, half the card was just a brown block with like three letters <laughs> on it saying tap, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Think about yeah. it. When we were doing that, Justin was like, you know, playing with blocks how how drool- things have come <laughs> he was drooling on himself <laughs> yeah it was like getting left at like the toys r us parking lot somewhere <laughs> as my parents drove off how old were you in 1995 1995 uh, about four or five depending yeah on. okay all right yeah that's what that's when i was playing revised and unlimited so i was probably <sighs> playing playing with ninja turtles waiting for power rangers to come on the tv no, wait, it was it was 93, 94, because I first got introduced to Magic the summer between eighth grade and freshman year of high school, and that was 93. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was 1993. Damn. Damn. Justin was like yeah, three I, years old. I know. I started playing Pokemon. I think Pokemon card game came out in 96, I want to say, like 97. Mm. And that was like my first card game. Well, if you don't if you don't follow me on Twitter, I made Shannon feel really bad uh, yesterday <laughs> when I let I saw something that let him know there's more time between uh, Wii Sports and now than the gap between the arcade Donkey Kong and Mario sixty four. Mm, yeah, yeah, it still hurts. It still hurts. To think about it. <laughs> it still hurts. <laughs> It's like every time I think about that, I'm like, what medications have I forgot to take in today? Yeah. Because that's Shannon's like taking four ibuprofen as he's reading it. He's like, damn, boy. <laughs> well, well, the best the best thing is Shannon reacting right now was stretching his lower back while adjusting his glasses. So that tells you everything you need to know. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, hold on. Let, let me see you guys better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to get my bifocals. Um so yeah, uh, I don't know. We, we will spend a lot of time on the news, but I just wanted to talk about uh, EA blaming Halo coming out as the reason Battlefield sucked, um, which just I, I find really funny, you know, because like Battlefield had a whole bunch of issues and sure, Halo stealth launching, what was it, four days before Battlefield 2042 dropped. I'm sure didn't help, but you know, they, they went, it basically a story came out that they had a whole kind of postmortem internally about battlefield. And there was a bunch of reasons lifted listed why battlefield didn't meet expectations. Um, and you know, things like, They've shifted to a new version of Frostbite, so it was like having to remake the whole thing. The work from home stuff with COVID. And then, you know, there was just so many bugs that were reported that they weren't expecting after the beta. But then, also in these reasons were the surprise launch of Halo Infinite multiplayer. And it, you know, when it compared, Battlefield 2042 wasn't nearly as polished. So people just left it to go to Halo. I I mean, I mean, come on. Like, it amazes me that there was this litany of 
I'm I'm not going to say bullshit excuses because they're all valid. Like every single one of their points was valid, but at no point did they also include like, oh, and we made a bad game. <laughs> like, like that, that at no part was in there was like, by the way, this game wasn't good. And when people reviewed it, the beta in the summer, they said like, don't release this. This is nowhere near ready. <laughs> like, did no one learn from cyberpunk? I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, it it's it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, Halo, I mean, they were going to release their shit and then people were like, "Whoa, whoa, this looks like an Xbox like original Xbox game. Like you need to shelf this and take it back." And they did. And it's not like they stealth like super stealth launched it. I mean, people knew that this game was coming at the end of the year, right? Like they knew it was coming in Q4. So it wasn't like a total shocker. When well, and also it was November 15th to remind people was the 20th anniversary of Xbox. You had to think they were going to do something. Yeah. On that I mean, day. it's, it's just, it's funny. Like, I mean, you, you're like, oh, well, you know, call of duty is our like big competitor. And if you're thinking that call of duty is your only competitor out there, you're sorely underprepared for the game market right now. I mean, you have Fortnite, which is a, a Goliath. You have like mm-hmm. apex, which is, you know, EAs and they still got to support that, which is still, you know, chugging along pretty well. Um, you have call of duty that you're still competing against and you have this halo game. So it's not like there's just one other game out there that's kicking your ass. It's like three or four other games that are much more, uh, polished and fun to play for a multiplayer community. And you know, the, the other thing about it is you remember last week when the story was like, Oh, halo infinite's losing players because they haven't, you know, added any content and people are getting bored and blah, blah, blah. The, the whole story was, you know, it had dropped around 3,000 daily players. Uh, Battlefield is concurrently right now anywhere between 2,500 and 3,000. Like, more yeah. people are playing Battlefield 5 on Steam than Battlefield 2042. Which, <laughs> that's, if we were going to meme this, this is when you'd put the large size oof yeah. in there, you know? <laughs> I know like anymore too it seems like that's kind of the trend nowadays of showing something before it's not ready getting the most brutal feedback and then putting it back in the oven for like another year they did it for the Sonic movie they did it for Halo like that just seems to be the norm anymore is let's just throw this out there get everyone's attention and get the worst possible things about it out of the way and Mm -hmm. then we can fix those and then everyone will be happy with it. Unless you're the people who made Cyberpunk, and then you just throw that turd out there, and then yeah, fix then it you for just a year while stealth, stealth release it on the PlayStation again after it got taken off over a year ago, and well, nobody gives two shits about it. But that's actually a great point, Shannon. Is you know this week they released the big next gen patch for Cyberpunk, and the the scuttlebutt around that is like this is the version of the game that should have been released like apparently it's really good and people are really enjoying it and it's gotten me interested to like pick it up on the cheap and just to see it because apparently everyone that i've read is saying that this is the version of cyberpunk that should have been released which kind of circles me back to you know take say october 2020 cd project red goes hey this just ain't ready we are shelving it. And then it releases now. 
I mean, sure, you would have had the scuttlebutt at the time being like, oh, it sucks that it got delayed, pushed back, blah, blah, blah. But then everyone moves on and now you release it and it would have been like complete fanfare across the board, nines and tens across the board with the version that came out now. And you would have had none of that bad press. Absolutely none of it. You know, if anything, they would be lauded right now by going like, oh, well, they obviously didn't have the game ready and they they waited and pushed to to make it the version that was their vision or blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole thing would have been done. And I don't, I, I, I can't see, uh, between Cyberpunk and EA now, because EA has done a ton of damage to the Battlefield brand at this point. With the last couple of releases and more importantly with this one, is anyone going to jump back in on Battlefield again without reading a whole bunch of reviews like there why would you pre-order this like there'd be no reason to pre-order a battlefield in the future um but it's also like thank you for opening your can and not muting your mic shannon um <laughs> I, I like that you were trying to do it slowly like that was somehow better <laughs> um like in the movie theater it's like you just pull the fucking tab shannon like, <laughs> get it over with uh, also it's like mute buttons don't exist um <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it, I, I thought it would have been there, 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 There's a software mute. There's a hardware mute. It's like any way you want to do it. Um, but no, I, going forward, I can't imagine a company not doing what Microsoft did and being like, this isn't going to be worth it. Just, just wait until it's ready. Yeah. Like, cause the, if anything, the market has determined that there's too many games and no one's going to wait around for you to fix it. It's just done at this point. Um, I mean, like I said, maybe cyberpunk can bounce back because it's cheap now, but unless battlefield goes free to play, I don't really see a way they get back. I mean, the player base is just too low at this point and no one is going to be paying 60, $70 to play that at this point. Why would you? Yeah. I think it was just, it's a different game though. I mean, it's a whole different mechanic that I think has a smaller base than a lot of the other shooters that are out there. A lot of the shooters, people want to play are more um, like independent. Yeah, you're on a team, but it's still kind of like, it's still kind of, you go out there and you shoot, you die, you respawn, and you do what you can to help your team. And it's kind of more of an independent KD ratio kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halo Infinite, that's kind of like the first one we really played where it was more team, like it was more of a team structure where like you kind of followed your teammates around to make sure that like if they got murked, you can murk the guy that, that got them. Um, and that's something that we had to learn, right? I mean, that was an alteration in our play style. Battlefield has always been like that. And I think that there's a dedicated player base that wants to stick to that type of game. And I think that they did themselves a disservice by putting this turd out. Um, cause you yeah. damage a, an already small player base. So I don't think they did themselves any favors. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point, it's, it's not like they misread the market and released a really good solid game that just, you know, missed the target of the, what people are currently looking for or anything like that. No, they released a total dud that also missed the target. <laughs> they did both. <laughs> like, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's worth, I just think it's worth paying attention to going forward. Uh, how, how these companies respond. Cause I think, with a company the size of EA and, and Justin, what what are your thoughts on this? I think with a company the size of EA, that they just can't do this anymore, right? 
Yeah, no, especially with, like, all the flack EA has gotten in, like, the last 10 years and stuff over, like, the loot boxes. Like, they had the whole fiasco with um, the battle, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 or whatever, with, like, that stuff being, like, really pay-to-play and unfair and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've had their name dragged. I mean, Blizzard's done a good job of taking the heat off them in, uh, you know, recent years and stuff, but they've gotten so much negative press at this point that, you know, it really shines a spotlight on them when they kind of come up short on yeah. their end for their games. And I feel like this entire situation was kind of like shareholders going, well, what the fuck happened guys? And totally. everyone, instead of owning up to it, is just, uh, well, you know, Halo, the, the Halo, that goddamn Halo game came out <laughs> right. really uh, took our money. And it's like, yeah, that free to play shooter that was better in every aspect than the game you're charging $70 for really, really took it to you. Yeah, it sure did. Like, there was how many people were out there being like, man, I was going to spend $70, but this Halo's good. Like, no, there aren't that many people out there that were doing that. I think most people either pre-ordered Battlefield because you're a Battlefield fan or were like all of us that are just like, well, let's see what gets released and maybe it's worth jumping in. And those opening reviews were like, oh, God, oh, God, stay away. This is bad. (laughs) Like, oh, hey, by the way, this free game seems pretty good. I'll just focus over there. I think that's way more likely than the people that they seem to think were like, I had $70 burning a hole in my pocket and I just bought cat ears instead. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't really think that happened. So, but I mean, there was no buzz around 2042 either. I mean, like, yeah, it was a game that we knew was coming out, but like, I didn't see any like press releases. I didn't see my Twitter feed was quiet. There was nothing on TV or mm-hmm. any of the streaming services. Like none of their commercials had 2042 anywhere. So, I mean, I, I don't think EA did themselves any favors advertising it either. What's well, they, they must have known it was a turd, right? I mean, like they exactly. were just like, whatever, we're just going to send this out to die. Well, it's like the last couple, like the one, what was the one before that was the cops and robbers one, I think, or something like that. Yeah, sure. Let's exactly, go with that. Yeah. I don't even like know. The, the last one I even bought was four, I think, on the PS4. And mm-hmm. I only got it because it was like on sale Black Friday for like 20 mm-hmm. bucks. And people I worked with at Target played it or whatever. So I'd play it with them. And that was it. Yeah, I, I can't I can't tell you the last one I bought. It might have been three. I think three might win the last one. I think I think the last one I picked up was when they rolled out Battlefield One as the World War One shooter, like five or six years ago. And just because yep. it was World War One, and I thought that was cool and different, and I thought their single player idea was really neat. How it was like vignettes that jump from mm-hmm. place to place to place, and I went through that whole thing, but I didn't feel the need to dive into the, uh, you know, the the big multiplayer extravaganza that it's known for. It was it was fun, but I moved on. Um, seems like everyone else did too. So you know, I suppose we should move on ourselves. How about we talk? Speaking of moving on, Nintendo, moving on from the 3DS and the Wii U. Uh, as of March 2023, those shops will be closed forever. And uh, I believe you have until August. I want to say to put money into the wallets on those stores. Uh, Otherwise you cannot do that after August. So you basically can't 
add money to buy anything after August of this year, which effectively closes the store. Um, they have uh, no plans to make it so you can't re-download things you have purchased. But, you know, in typical Nintendo fashion, uh, they released a statement that later got deleted. Uh, basically, they got they, they had like a Q&A posted up and someone asked a question essentially saying like, uh, so since you're doing this, are you going to make these games available any other way? Because like that sucks if you're going to have all these classic games gone and no way to preserve them. And their response was essentially uh, summed up in the last sentence of the response. We currently have no plans to offer classic content in other ways. Essentially like, hey, hope it comes to the Nintendo Switch Online someday. If not, SOL, kick rocks, you know. Uh, so that that didn't make people feel good. That got a lot of bad feedback and then they uh, they deleted that. So uh, it it's not going to change my life all that much to be honest, but I do think it's a bummer for people that are into classic gaming and preservation and stuff. Cause uh, not the Wii U so much, but the 3ds has a ton of stuff on the store. So in it, I mean, out of the three of us, I could see it affecting Justin the most. <laughs> well, my thing is, you know, I haven't turned on the 3ds or my Wii U and I can't even tell you, I mean, the switch itself has been out for going on five years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they served their time and their purpose. I saw a lot of, I saw my Twitter was blown up about that stuff. And a lot of people complaining about now, like mainly for like retro collectors, like the price, what isn't already expensive for the 3DS yeah. and the Wii U prices for those games now for physical copies, since they won't be available digitally anymore, is going to skyrocket. Yeah. The one I uh, saw going around was the Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright game that, the physical copy is like $200 and on the 3ds store, it's like 30 bucks. Exactly. So yeah. And you know, just Pokemon and general and stuff. I know it's like Xenoblade and stuff has always been expensive on the Wii U. Like the physical copies for those games on Wii and Wii U and stuff go for exorbitant amounts of money. And, um, uh, the thing I thought was funny was it's like, you know, they had all that heat and then all of a sudden like retro studios changed their Twitter, their Twitter, like banner profile picture to a new Metroid mm-hmm. picture. So it's like, they're like, all right, take the heat off us. Like give, give them a little taste <laughs> yeah. of uh, some Metroid prime goodness to kind of soak up the damage here. Please God, please God, just take anything, just a new banner. <laughs> I don't even care. And I saw other people posting too, like, hey guys, look, like, I got the Nintendo eShop on my Steam Deck and it's the Dolphin emulator <laughs> with all the GameCube games and stuff That's on funny. it. And people are like, yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, run your Virtual Boy, whatever. You can play all your NES, SNES. You want you want Sega games? Steam Deck can run those too. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I saw a million different uh, ways to put homebrew software on your 3DS going around Twitter the day after that and people that are like so i wouldn't tell you to do this and load up with every game ever released on the 3ds that's in this one file over here but hey you know you could if you wanted to and yeah it's i think if you're a hardcore preservationist or whatever there there's ways to get that content it's just a bummer that they're making it very difficult and illegal for you to in a lot of instances (laughs) I see 
this really has Shannon broken up. He can't even bring himself <laughs> to talk about it. I mean, I wish I had something to say about it. I just don't. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles X was probably the only one that I really wanted to play. And I'm pretty sure, or I hope that eventually it'll come to the Switch 2 or something. Oh, you know it will. Well, and the Nintendo way is take down content, let the fan base build up, you know, the, the, the fever for it. And then sell it to you again at twice the price with no changes. And people will eat that shit up. I do it over and over and over again. Well, apparently I mean, there's a lot of DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, I mean, if they just release like a complete edition and charge a little bit more, I mean, I might buy that just because I haven't bought it or played it before. I was like, Zach's trying to hold <laughs> back the tears. <laughs> My thing is, and You're I falling still into the trap, Shannon. You're falling into their trap. It's I one still game. Don't <laughs> understand this to this day. How on the Wii U they like were like, here's all these bitchin' Game Boy Advance games that you can buy and play on your Wii U, mm-hmm. and then that just went completely out the door, like yeah. with the Switch, like never again. I was like, how? Like I know the Switch can run it. It should be able to run a Game Boy Advance game. I don't know why the fuck you added this, added like 10 of them, and then never did anything else with it. Because Link's Awakening remake made a bunch of money. And they're like, oh, let's pull back all that shit and just do Switch remakes of them all. And I guess, yeah. They're like, why I mean, sell Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for $8 on the eShop when we can sell it for 30 with two other Castlevania games? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, what if that's Nintendo's, like, long haul? Is they're just like, well, it's too expensive to make new games and new content nowadays, so we'll just, like, not make anything new. We'll just take all the old games and lock them down, and then we'll revamp them a little bit and then sell them again, and that'll keep us going for another 30 years. Wait, why did you start that sentence with, what if? Yeah. That that is is Nintendo's vision. Like, (laughs) we just went through a Nintendo Direct where, like, some of the biggest announcements were... More DLC for the Wii U Mario Kart. (laughs) Like, that was one of the biggest deals out there. was like, hey, how about we make more tracks that are just remade tracks from other games and put them in this eight-year-old Wii U title? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, it goes all the way back to the GameCube when they're like, hey, people still really like Ocarina of Time. Hear me out. What if we take Ocarina of Time and put it on the GameCube? Whoa! Well, I mean, didn't they just do that with Mario Party too? Isn't like the most recent Mario Party just like a collection of all the other Mario Party games? Yeah, but I mean, they've uh-huh. done that for everything. They've done it for <laughs> on the Switch. They did the Mario Party thing on the 3DS as well, and they did it with WarioWare on the 3DS as well, with like the greatest hits of games. It's a, it. Zach is correct. <laughs> it is the Nintendo way, but it obviously works. People people want it. There's a market for it, and people buy it. So. Why stop when the money train just keeps on a rolling? You've heard it here first, guys. This is the way. This is the, the- way. <laughs> <sighs> we have spoken. This is the way. Uh, Nintendo, I tell you. Um, but hey, you know, I don't fault them when people just line up to keep giving the money for it. So, <sighs> Nintendo. Anyway. Let's talk about what we've been playing, because I have been waiting to talk to, well, I guess Jess Shannon, since Justin isn't getting <laughs> in on this party. Um, well, he's spending $100 on magic cards. He doesn't have any money for... <laughs> by, the, by the way, it kills me that Justin has 
uh, uh, still like the OG Xbox one, like <laughs> launch edition Xbox one, when he spends the equivalent of an Xbox series S like every month and a half on cards. <laughs> it's like, just grab a series S man. What are you doing? But it's like, I don't need it. Like until elder scrolls six comes out, I don't need it. Even then, you're going to make the argument you don't need it because you just put it on your PC and call it a day. No, I would probably have a dedicated... With how big I'm assuming it's going to be, I don't think I have the room on my solid state that's going to be Elder Scrolls Six. I'll just have a dedicated console for it. No, we'll be like, hey, hey, Justin, did you get a X, uh, yeah, Series S or Series X? He'll be like, nah, but I got this 3090 and a three terabyte hard drive, so I'm good to go. <laughs> Like, wait, I'm you like, spent a thousand dollars instead? And he's like, yep, sure did. <laughs> I'm like, it runs fine on the original Xbox One. I boot it up, 8.02 in the morning, go to work. <laughs> when I get off at about five, it's just about done. And then I can start playing. He's I like, get I home, get a- <laughs> I take a shit, <laughs> and then I'm ready to go. He's like, I- I'm getting a solid 20 frames a second on, on that <laughs> game. It's great. Uh, who needs tree? Who needs to see the trees? I just need to see what I'm killing, <laughs> right? Got my Macho Man Randy Savage mo- mod loaded up, and <laughs> good to go. Uh, but yes, so we are. Me and Shannon have both been playing Horizon Forbidden West. I mm-hmm. think Shannon is a little further than me. I am in the daunt. Uh, mm-hmm. I've left the uh, what's God? What's that first town? Chain something. Chain scrape no, or chain, yeah chain scrape is the is the first village in the dawn yeah. um and then there is the te- the the sun king's um yeah like area haven yeah i'm i'm right right before there so mm-hmm. i've started i've started clearing out the uh the bristlebacks mm-hmm. and doing all that stuff so that's that's where i'm at are you f- mm-hmm. are you further than me no, I am in the same spot okay. because um, I get suckered by seeing all the shit on the map that has like question marks and mm-hmm. exc- exclamation marks. And then I feel the need to go over there and see what it is before I move on. So like I get stuck in the the mini game that they have, like the the, the tactics type mini game that they have in the bar. I ran away um, from that. I played the yeah. tutorial and was like, nope, nope, nope. This is going to be three hours of my life if I stay here. I gotta, I <laughs> exactly, gotta right. So like I did, I've I got suckered into that for a minute, and then you know there was a um, like when you're going to look for the bristlebacks, and there's a dude with the the trip the trip wires, and he's like, oh, if you can clear these guys out for me, the the burrowers, if you can get them away, like I can come down and talk to you. And then I talked to that dude, and then there's like a a broken down like shack over in the corner and like mm-hmm. alloy's like oh if i go over there there might be something cool that i could take a look yeah, at yeah yeah and then i got suckered into that puzzle for a little bit um so like it's a dude like it's it's crazy how much time you put into that and don't get anywhere but you still feel like you're accomplishing stuff in the area um it just it sucks up so much time so much time but i i agree with you though where yes it does but I always feel like I'm doing something like I always feel like it's it, I feel like it's it's taking a lot of my time, but it's not wasting a lot of my time, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And and the uh, the first game had that, too, where you would just go hit all these icons on your map and you're doing stuff. And and a lot of the times, though, figuring out like, oh, I'm going to this Vista point, like you realize what you're doing about halfway 
in the process of doing it. And so it's like, oh, this is going to be a Vista point. And then figuring out that you're like, oh, wait, this is the old Denver Broncos stadium I'm standing on. This is rad. You know, like from the first game, like that was that was really those were really cool moments. And this one has that, too. Like when you go, you find uh, like towers and it'll give you a partial picture of Mm -hmm. what used to be in the area and you go to sync it up. And once you finally do, it unlocks that area of the map. Um, I found like spy spy towers or something that you could Mm -hmm. climb. And then when you get to the top, it's like, Oh, there's a lens here. I don't know what I need this for, but I probably will. So, you know, you, you grab it and move on. I'm assuming that pays off at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. So far I'm really enjoying the, the new creatures. I like the big snake that you fight Mm -hmm. the first big boss you fight. Uh, before you get to the dawn, I thought was cool. I'm not really sure about its usefulness in the world. Like they, they made a big point in the first game to be like, oh, all of these creatures exist like for a job in the world. Like they all do a thing. And that just looked like a big ass scary snake to try to kill people. So I don't really know what job that was doing, but uh, it was fun to fight. It was cool. Yeah, it um, just kind of seems like they're making the virus be a little bit more um, like kill the humans <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> kind of thing. The blight. Well, it's more of like a kill everything thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah, the, the big twist in the beginning with, with Silas, I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying every, every aspect about it right now. It, it, it looks so good. Are you playing uh performance mode or are you playing, are you doing the 4k? Or are you doing the 60 frames a second mode? Uh, 4k. See, I'm doing six frames a second. I mean, yeah. I'm, I made the mistake of shifting it over just to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I can't go back <laughs> when it's running at 30 frames. It just, hey, man, it, Ayla is just moving so slow. She's moving yeah. so slow at 30 frames. I'll, I'll tell you, I did. So I did the 4K because I wanted to see what the PlayStation could actually do, like sure. what it could handle with this game. So I'll tell you right now, when you're going through the um, before you even get to the 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 title card, like there's probably a good hour to hour and a half that you're like playing the game before you even get to like the opening sequence. Yeah. I do like the tutorial, like, because, you know, they bring in another character and it's like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, if you're going to help me, you need to know how this thing works. And then mm-hmm. she gives one of her focuses to the NPC. Um, and then she's like training him, but while she's training him, she's speaking out loud. So it's like, you know, for people who aren't familiar with the controls, because it's been a while since her, you know, I've played Horizon. Um, it was a good way to get back into uh, understanding the mechanics of the game. Um, but yeah, uh, going through that initial um, like uh, like sequence where like the you're seeing all the the horizons while that she's riding on the back of the horse, mm-hmm. like mech thing. You know, she's riding through there. There was a lot of like pop in. There was a lot of like areas where it was just blank. And then all of a sudden shit would just like pop in. And I was like, oh, this is janky. Um, I didn't get any of that with the performance mode. Yeah. So then when I went into the Dawn uh, or when I went to went into Chain Scrape and I was standing there, there was one scene where um, my girlfriend and I were watching because, you know, it kind of there's a lot of talking, like setting up story beats and stuff like that. And I get it, but there's one scene where you walk into Chain Scrape and like one of your friends is like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in a long time. Do you want to go grab a beer? And like you turn to look at her and then like there's this, there's nobody there. And then all of a sudden this random dude just like pops in and he's just like staring at us. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, this is weird. Um, Okay. Uh, So I think, yeah, 
I don't think it's going to be the optimal way to play um, on that, you know, for this system yeah. where right now, but you know, it sounds like 60 frames per second in what 1080p. Is that what you're playing it? Yeah. But I believe that's, that's what's it. You can't go back. It's just, she moves so much better. It's just moving through the world and climbing, especially the climbing sequences. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I tried, I put it back to the 4k mode um, after the credits the credit sequence and one of the first things you come across after a story beat is like you can sh- you're walking by this cliffside and she's like oh i think there's something up there and so i'm like okay and i started climbing and it was just like oh god i can't i can't <laughs> do this like she was just like mm, mm, and it was like nope back six frames and, it, and of course she's actually moving at the same clip it's just visually it looks so much slower than it does at 60 it and I am not a 60 frames, 30 frames guy. Like usually nine times out of 10, I cannot tell the difference myself, but this game you can, you absolutely can tell the difference. Uh, yeah. With all, I'll tell you with all the settings turned up, Alloy's hair does some funky things. Uh, that happens regardless. I was just oh. about to say that her hair, it, it seems alive. It floats a little, <laughs> it moves like snakes at times. Um, yeah, her, her hair goes all over the place, man. Uh, I've just kind of come to, to embrace it as part of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like her though. I like her character. I like that they brought, you know, they, they didn't really change the type of person she was from game to game. Cause now of course, every, every time she shows up somewhere, Oh, it's the savior of Meridian. It's uh, you know, it's the savior. And she's always just like, shut up. Like, I just stop. <laughs> like, no, like the, when you get to the main city in the, in the first, uh, after, after your tutorial, you go back to the main city and they've built a statue of her in the middle of the, of the town square. And she's like, oh God, this is just the, like her, her whole like inner monologue around that is like, I, I guess, I mean, the job's not done, but th- th- thanks. Th- thanks. I guess like, it's so, it's so awkward and so good. Cause like, that's not her. She's not a glory seeker at all. And, and I like that by adding a bunch of glory to her, they've just made it like super awkward <laughs> for her in a mm-hmm. sense. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny um, because, you know, there's a lot of dialogue options for you to choose to, like to get to get more information about the world and what's happening and what's gone on in the six months since like the apparently the last game has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I don't know how many times people are like, oh, yeah, you should like hang out here for a minute. I got more to tell you. And like your response as ally is I got to go like I got some yeah. stuff I got to do. I, I don't know how many times I've heard her say that, but it's starting to wear on me a little bit. And I'm just like, OK, like, can we find another way to make this a more pressing issue? Like she's got to bounce. <laughs> Everybody just wants her to stay around. Though, though I do like I, I like that she's speaking for the player almost when it's like well, I've got to go do this embassy so I can get to the Forbidden West. And they're like, yeah, but there's this valley full of bristlebacks that we really need to... And she's just like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. If I do that, will you just get out of my way? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, fine. Jesus. Like, you know, it's, it's hilarious because like me as a player, I'm like, man, I just want to see the cool shit in San Francisco. Like, what are we doing? And it's like, so you're right there with her when she's like, okay, just let me kill the bristlebacks, I guess. God damn it. You know, <laughs> but those bristlebacks are pretty cool. I mean, like, I like them. Yeah, they're pretty big. And uh, the other reason I like them is they're cool. They're intimidating. And they're also super easy to take down. 
Mm-hmm. Like you hit the big green glowing bits with acid arrows, two shots, they're down. And it's like, yeah, okay. I, I'm co- down for initial cool looking big monsters that are hella easy to kill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Like, don't. Yeah. Think, and I, thank you I'm for not, dro- thank you for not dropping thunder jaws on me as like the first <laughs> thing I have to kill 20 of, you know, but there were a couple that you saw in the, um, in the intro, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what was I going to say? There was something to that effect too. It, I don't know. It's just, it's a good game. Um, and I'm liking it right now. It seems that there's a lot of um, crafting materials in the world, which is yeah. good. Like you're never like really stressed out about running out of arrows. Um, it seems like they make it pretty easy with your inventory because it just goes automatically to your storage box. If you have mm-hmm. too many, like it just goes back to your stash, which is cool. Um, so I'm enjoying that part. There's a lot more controls than I remember. Like, I mean, yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> the one thing I wish was remappable was the focus. I wish I could mm-hmm. just map that to triangle or or square or one of those, uh, at least outside of combat, because you use it all the time and just clicking R3 sucks. It's just like the worst button placement, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, just why isn't that something I can change? But yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those games where I know I'm going to put a lot of time into it, mm-hmm. but you know, it is, I, it is, like you said, the, some of the button placement is a little weird. Um, you know, I dive when I should be collecting things a lot. Um, you know, I think the circle button is just more of a, um, an easier button for me to, to use. Like I'm more conditioned for some reason to use that one than triangle, but you know, I wonder if that's just, uh, you know, to be honest, this is the first time I've used my PS five since guardians of the galaxy, which was before Christmas. And I'm wondering if that's just me having to relearn PlayStation controls in general, mm-hmm. because it's like between the switch and Xbox, that's where I'm doing a majority of my time. So it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. These buttons mean this over here. I'm guessing, I'm guessing once I cross, you know, the eight to 10 hour mark in this game, it'll, that'll all go away. It's just relearning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the game that I want to play. It's the game I'm thinking about playing. um, And it's taken over my life. Um, It's amazing how much time I can sink into that. Um, And it's, it's cool because I'm already, you know, I think I'm level five right now. And like, I've already kind of in the power up tree gotten like some pretty cool new power ups that they've mm-hmm. kind of given to you, like where you can use your bow as a shotgun now, like instead of like shooting one arrow at a time, you can shoot like your full batch at like one shot. Um, oh, that's cool. I haven't, an enemy. I haven't gotten that one yet. So. Yeah, dude, you got to check that out. Like, cause like I totally negated doing any power ups. Um, mm-hmm. Like I saw the prompt come up to try it and I was like, nah, like I got, limited time right now i need to like just kind of chug through and see if i can get all i wanted to do in my first playthrough was get through the title card sequence and that took forever <laughs> yeah. so um so i finally had some time last night to try it out and um yeah it's it's fun like shooting a volley of arrows up in the air that's cool like shooting it as a shotgun that's dope like it, i there's a, a diverse way to play this game and i'm gonna dig it yeah i've been i've been enjoying hiding in the bushes like four clicks away, like right at the edge of your range mm-hmm. and just sniping from a distance. Cause when you're that far away, it takes three or four shots before they figure out where you are mm-hmm. and you can really, you know, get them down to like 90% dead before you, and then you just run up with the spear and finish the job. And it, it, it's nice. It's fun. I, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. 
but yeah, uh, Horizon, man, I'm I was really looking forward to it. I cautiously optimistic, like I love that first game so much, and you know, sequels can be a scary business sometimes, but so far it's killing it. I'm I'm right back in that world, and and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So. Yeah, there were people on uh, Metacritic who were like, oh, my God, this game is in fear compared to the first one. And I looked at the Metacritic score and it was like 89. <laughs> I yeah. was like, come on, dude, <laughs> that's 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 top tier right there. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if it's one of those things that where just because it is more of the same, like to be fair, it does not seem to take huge leaps beyond the first game in any way so far, uh, to, to be fair, so far. And and so I'm wondering if people were just having too high of hopes or expectations of what they could do with these games. And, you know, it's still a game they're releasing for PlayStation four. Like, yeah, I'm playing it on the PS five, but it's still a PlayStation four game. And there, uh, it's probably a limit to what they could really do, you mm-hmm. know, in, in all fairness. So I'm, I, I don't care. I'm loving it. And on the PlayStation five, it looks freaking beautiful. And, yeah, shooting stuff with bows and arrows and setting traps is hella fun. I, I don't care. And so. the sound design. I mean, yeah. like I, I I don't use the the TV. I have a, a Bose soundbar that is mm-hmm. underneath it, and that's the only speaker I have for the TV. And even then, like just the uh, the the sheer ambient sounds of like nature and like the animals and the birds and the waterfalls, and like you can tell where like a, a mon- when a robot's like close to you like and where they're coming from like their surround sound and like their attention to detail is on point like i i, I doubt anybody is going to have a bad time with this game and i like the way they make use of the sound coming out of the controller itself mm-hmm. with the focus and all that that's really cool uh so especially when you're looking for things in the area to help you alert when when you find stuff and things like mm-hmm. that that's neat um yeah justin you feeling you feeling the fomo you feeling left out like what so it is one of those things where I I will get it eventually, and I do <laughs> want to play. Did it. you play the first one? Uh, I did. I have it. Megan played it. I sat okay. with Megan while she played through it. Um, but she didn't play the DLC though. She just played the like main main game. Yeah. And it's one of those where it's like, would I have liked to pick this up? Yes, but unfortunately, um, another game comes out next Friday, and that is mm. Elden Ring. And that, that is, is where my money is going to end up going. Is which is good, which is good because uh, I am not picking that up right away because I can tell Horizon's going to have my life for the next <laughs> couple weeks. Um, so I'm excited to hear about that next week. Because... And I'm never going to touch that game. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, did, did did they say Sifu's getting an easy mode? Did anyone else see that? Uh, I didn't because that was the whole thing with Sifu was like it's very souls like and it's super crushing and a lot of people are noping out of the game because they're like yeah it looks cool but man no this is way too damn hard and I thought they I read somewhere I'm gonna google it real quick I thought they were saying like yeah we're gonna add like a beginner mode or something I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case but oh, yes. I also wanted I also wanted to ask you, Zach, um, when you started up Horizon, did you mm-hmm. do the guided mode or did you do adventure mode? Um, what's the difference between the two? So guided mode puts the beacons out where the objectives are so you can go towards them. But um, was it adventure mode doesn't have any of that. So you're basically just like wandering around with no sense of where to go. Oh, I, I did not do that. I did the the, be- the beacons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I ain't got time. 
you know, like, well, I don't, I just don't want to get my shit pushed in by like, you know, uh, like a thunder jaw or something like right out the gate, you know, like walk into an area I'm not supposed to be and have totally. like a man step on me. <laughs> it's, it's one of those just like, it, no, just, I want to know where the next beat of the story is. I'm not trying to just wander the desert and figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, post-launch Sifu is getting, uh, difficulty modes easier and harder. So <laughs> like, for those oh, who thought the game was too easy. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, like baby's game is too hard for them. Like harder mode. But I, I will say that that makes me probably more likely to try Sifu because I don't have the time to get good at these games anymore. Yeah. What if they what if they dummy that game down so much where like the NPCs are just like standing there waiting for you to punch them <laughs> to start? So so I'll, so I'll actually beat it. Sweet. You <laughs> walk in and the NPCs are fighting each other and you're just standing there like this is nice as they're like beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> well, that's what saved me the first time I was I fought a bristleback in Horizon. So like I'm walking up to this hutch and I can see a bristleback on the other side of it, but it is acting the fool. It is mm-hmm. red. It is just attacking something and I don't know what it's attacking. And then as I get closer, I hear, you know, somebody like a human, like grunting and struggling fighting against it. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's, you know, attacking maybe uh, like an NPC or some other character. Yeah. And I walked up to it and yeah, sure as hell. It's like fighting some other like, military person and i just like plunked it twice in the back with a corrosive arrow the thing blew up and the lady was like oh cool thanks and i was like no thank you because i had no idea how to kill this thing (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it was a good it was a good learning experience oh yeah when i walked out of chain scrape for the first time there's the herd of like the things you can ride i forget what their Mm -hmm. name is but uh I didn't realize it and wandered right into the middle of that herd. And like (laughs) all five of them attacked me at the same time. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, what the (laughs) hell? Like, and then a burp, like two burrowers popped out of the ground underneath them and like joined in the fight. I'm like, I, I don't know what, I don't want this at all. Oh my God. (laughs) Strategic retreat. I ran fast. I will tell you, I ran fast. Uh, But yes, Justin, why don't you tell me a little bit about these indie games you've been playing? Yes, so I uh, I played two indie games this week. The first one I played is called How Fish is Made. How <laughs> Fish is Made. Yes, it is on Steam. It's free. It's a very short game. Like uh, You could get through it in probably about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, it's kind of, it's very, to me, it's very reminiscent of what remains of Edith Finch. Hmm. I, I'm not going to say it's as great. It's nowhere near as great. Let me tell you that. But it it gives off that kind of vibe. It has that weirdness about it. The whole concept of it is you play as a sardine okay. and <laughs> you get dropped into this machine and you're trying to, as you're going through, there's other sardines in there and stuff and you kind of talk to them. You're basically, it's almost like a walking simulator in that aspect too, is you're kind of moving all you really do is move through the level and talk to people and then get to the end. Like there's no real challenge or anything like that. And being the sardine, it's kind of funny because you're just kind of on your side and you're just flopping your way. And the sound effect, the sound effects are pretty funny. Like in the entire 20 minutes, you're just listening to (laughs) it's like flopping its way to the end. And as you talk to these other sardines, they all keep talking about how you're going to have to make this choice. And you're either going to have to choose to go up or go down. 
And some of them believe up is the correct way. Some believe down is the correct way. And they kind of tell you like why they believe this to be the correct way and kind of want you to like re-verify with them that they're correct in their decision and stuff. So you can like agree or disagree. And if you like disagree with them, they kind of freak out and like, you're wrong. You'll see like, you know, and one of my favorite of the sardines is one that's actually stuck in one of those like plastic Coke six pack things. <laughs> and he he calls it his throne. Like the writing's funny and the way it's worded and stuff is really funny. He's like, yeah, he's like, I see you admiring my throne, like whatever. As he's like stuck in it though. And he's like, yeah, look as long as you want. Be jealous. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah, totally envious of this. Um, the best part of the game is at some point in about halfway through you talk to this one fish who isn't really talking there's a parasite sticking out of him who is talking and he's like yeah he's like this is my best friend he can't talk because i ate his tongue uh so i kind of do the talking for both of us and he breaks into this about three minute song and dance about (laughs) being a parasite and it is fabulous i would play the game just to see that if you don't even want to play you could probably just watch a youtube video playthrough or maybe even just it's basically a music video within the game of this parasite song and dance and it's equally entertaining as it is disturbing because there's actual footage of like parasitic fish shit in it and stuff and like like dead fish moving from like the amount of like parasites and stuff in them and it's like yeah uh, didn't really need to see that, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but the the like end of the game, there's a different result, like a different result for whether you choose to go up or go down. I played through it twice and kind of sped through it the second time. I initially chose to go up and um, ended up, you know, <laughs> basically getting um, thrown in the trash <laughs> at, at the end. And then by choosing to go down, you end up in somebody's food. So (laughs) yeah, so it's kind of like that philosophical thing of everyone's worried about making the correct choice, but really in the end, your choice didn't really matter because you kind of ended up in the same place either way. And so, so that's kind of like the message behind it is, you know, we're all kind of in this, in this together, like no matter what choice you're like worrying about, like, it's gonna just end up the same for pretty much all of us so um <laughs> not to stress it sounds very uh shrimp fried ricey in some ways yes <laughs> I, I i like you doing research on on shrimp fried rice here another game yeah, which which i have also worked on that this week well we um, do uh I've... just just so people are clear uh that pixel life does now own the url <laughs> uh shrimp fried rice game.com which we will be updating soon with content so. Yes, I uh, did start rebuilding it. Um, Matt is currently working on the original version, I think, because he feels bad because he <laughs> fucked it up so bad the first time. And I haven't told him that I'm like, yeah, I don't really want anything to do with that anymore. And I'm just rebuilding it from scratch myself now. But mm. but that, that'll come to a head at some point. <laughs> well, um, maybe but... maybe he'll maybe he'll have some things that you can import into your recreation. <laughs> yeah he like wants me to make new shit for it i'm like no i'm like i'm making new stuff uh in in this version but uh, that's that's what i ain't gonna do Uh, yeah yeah. i'm like you can fuck around with all the old stuff that you didn't put in it the first place (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, you know petty looks good on you justin thank you yeah um 
The, the second indie game, though, that I played this week, which, funny enough, I will tell you right now, um, this game is on my game of the year list. <laughs> just because I fucking love it, and I hate the name. Hate the name. Hope it, they change it. But so the name of the game is called I Dot Rule, which okay. can never can never remember the name of it. It's a fan game. It is literally Binding of Isaac, but as Plants for Zombies. It is literally the core the core mechanic. It is literally Plants for Zombies. The entire like gameplay, like how it works, is Plants for Zombies, but with characters, items, like all the stuff from Binding of Isaac in it. And so it's a fan game that someone's been working on and they've been updating it. Like every, it's kind of been pissing me off, but also I've been loving it because every couple days they've been updating it and fixing bugs and like adding some new stuff and whatever. So I have to keep constantly re-downloading it because I'm like, God damn it, they keep updating it. But it is fantastic. It, I loved Plants for Zombies. I played mm-hmm. it religiously. In college, of course, you, everyone knows I love Binding of Isaac. I have multiple Binding of Isaac tattoos. So naturally, it's a, a merge of two things I absolutely love together that work flawlessly. And it has that replay value that Binding of Isaac also has because it's different every time where you go through and it's like you do multiple waves of the like you have the different dead babies or whatever from Binding of Isaac that come at you and stuff. And you're placing your own babies on your side of the field. And you have little, in the game, they're called little chubs, but they're the ones that produce almost like the sunflowers and give you hearts. And you use those to purchase your items and stuff to place on the board. And you get like cubes of meat, which are like the potatoes that will block stuff coming in. And you have like the ice baby who like shoots icicles and stuff to slow enemies down. And you get the uh, like little demon baby that shoots in multiple directions. And there's also bosses. There's, I think, only right now, I think there's three bosses in the game. But like they have like the boss fights where then it drops the stuff and you have to fight them. The bosses will kind of wipe out your rows. And mm-hmm. the whole thing is you, you know, you're trying to protect the door or whatever. And then if one enemy gets through, then eventually you lose and you have to restart. But between each of the boss waves which is where the binding of isaac part really shines is you get to go to the shop and it always has different items and it varies and you have to collect money as you're doing which is also more chaotic than you know normally it's like you have to collect the money it disappears really quick so you're like oh shit like i need to like collect all this stuff because i'm gonna need to buy stuff at the shop and with the different items you get ones my favorite item is one that in your cubes of meat it plants spikes in front of them so it damages enemies which combos great with this one baby that shoots like a gust of wind and it pushes enemies back so it's great because like something's walking towards your cube it's walking through the spikes and then before it can actually start like eating the cube it gets pushed back by the wind and then it's just walking through the spikes again so the spikes are doing all the work and the spikes don't have hp or something that like goes away like once they're on the board they're on the board and so you could just sit there and just keep doing that. So I'll just build up rows of just cubes and spikes and stuff and just win things, just push them. And then with the ice baby slowing them down, I'm like, not only are they slow, but now they're getting pushed back into the spikes. So it's just me doing that like over and over again as fast as possible, which it gets harder as like, once you beat the game, you get to go through it again. But then now there's like almost a new game mode and it's like your hearts are more limited and the enemies are stronger and you get like 
more powerful enemies coming in and stuff and some of them move faster and have like higher stats and stuff so it gets a little more challenging but it's one of those games i would love it on the switch like as soon as i get a steam deck i'm definitely putting it on the steam deck to play i can just imagine someone coming in uh just after you said what this game was and you're like these enemies come in and they take out your rose but then you got meat cubes with spikes and this baby's blowing wind at them and i'm like wait imagine like not having the context that this is a binding of isaac thing like good lord right and it's one of those things where it's like man i'm really like i would love like edmund's even acknowledged it and like retweeted it and stuff on twitter and it's like god i hope he reaches out to this person and then he's also friends with the dude who made plants for zombies initially before he sold it to PopCap. I'm like, bring him on. Like the three of you guys make this an official like console release game with like a shit ton of content. Buy it instantly. I would go ape shit for it. Because it's one of those things, since it's a fan game, you know, you can't like legally sell it. Like, he doesn't own the Binding of Isaac or like, but I was like, bring the guy who made Binding of Isaac in on it. He'll fucking sell it. Like cut you a share. I was like, make some money off this bad boy. There you go. All right. Well, uh, oh, Shannon, I I hear through the uh, through the interwebs that you beat Arceus. I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think. So have I you have you beat it? Beat it? Or are you just in the post game now? I'm just in the post game now. Um, okay. So I got the I rolled the credits. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the the mount or the mountaintop and like fought the, you know, the the gods and, uh, you know, captured them. And uh, yeah, it's um, I, I don't know if it was because I was trying to beat the game so that I could be free to play Horizon mm-hmm. or what. But it just seems like that last stretch kind of drug on for a lot longer than it needed to. Yeah. Yeah, and also it seems that way even more so when you get to the post game and it's cooler than that last third of the game was. Okay, it's so like, I mean, so uh, I guess uh, I haven't really found like a story beat in the post game. Like the post game is just like, okay, well, you still have like all of this stuff like left in your Pokedex that you got to fill yeah. out. So like, go do that. Well, now and you, then... you end up going to talk to the lady at the like what i forget what it's called the retreat or whatever mm-hmm. and, sanctuary yeah. yeah and she gives you like kind of a list of things to do to see the actual ending mm. of the game and those are really cool like when you go do those things and catch those pokemon specifically like that starts to get really cool and you level up and like the alphas that appear are are cooler pokemon just in general like you're not you stop getting the like alpha psyducks of the world you know <laughs> uh-huh. like it's more like oh there's you know the the uh, nine tails and the garchomps and all that stuff like start appearing and and so that's cool it's just it scales the challenge better for you mm-hmm. um but then yeah you get a, basically a list of legendaries to go capture which are which are fun it feels nice. very it feels very monster hunter e in that part, which I appreciate. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if I'm even going to go back to that. Cause it's just like towards the end, I was getting a little fatigued, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause it was more of the same and, and having the ultra balls. Like there were a couple of times where like I would see an alpha and I would just throw out a berry and he would be munching on that. And that would hit him in the back of the head with an ultra ball and yeah. catch him like right off the bat. And I was oh, like, the, okay. the lower level ones, especially. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I mean like even, um, like there was like, um, was a, a Matchamp or a Machamp? Yeah. I got him in like one shot. And oh, then wow. like, 
there was like a, a later level um like it was almost towards the end of the game i think it was one of the uh alphas uh for the like the battles for the people in the lake uh, for okay. the, the mystical pokemon uh-huh. like there was like one or two of them where i just threw a ball out like right away they had full health and it was just like boom done i was like wow that was not hard yeah, there's one of them that no matter what move you do they'll recover right after they do the move recover and so they're full so they just stay at full health and it mm-hmm. was after about five straight minutes of that i was like f this and just threw a, an ultra ball and it <laughs> caught it and i was like oh maybe that's what i was just supposed to do the entire time i don't know <laughs> yeah it's just uh it, it's a good game i liked it um i enjoyed mm-hmm. my time with it but like i said i i think Horizon's going to consume my soul for the next couple oh for months. sure but i mean right now it's on my my early game of the year list like i I enjoyed the hell out of that game yeah it's like the first game of the year i think i beat yeah uh hey guys you hear those sirens i hear them oh yeah all right uh so i i still haven't watched anything but i'm not gonna stop you guys (laughs) from spoiling uh some spoiler talk with uh, peacemaker finale i know one talk that and uh what are some other things we wanted to discuss uh, Cuphead, we, Cuphead was yeah. Amazing. We never, we never got to talk about the uh, season finale of Book of Boba Fett either. Yeah. Yes, Book of Boba Fett's also on. Did you watch? Did you watch the finale of Peacemaker? Shannon? I did. Oh, so you're all caught up. I'm all caught up. Yeah. And what'd you think? Um, I it went fast. Like that last uh, episode was insane. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, but I felt that I know it got renewed for a second season, mm-hmm. so I'm stoked to see where, where they go with that. Um, but yeah, it, there was a lot of open, you know, I, th- I thought the, uh, what was it? Goff, the, um, the, like the head, the butterfly. butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought that, uh, he was going to jump into judo master and then they were going to start like their own, like uh, the, it, that's where like season two was going to pick up is like them fighting the butterflies again, but in a different way. Um, but you know, I was confused at the end when like he's sitting on the porch and like he pours out the last of like the the juice and like Goff just kind of shows up and starts eating it. I'm like, bro, like, I think you'd be a little mad at the dude that just ruined your whole thing, you know? Yeah, but it's one of those things though where it's like he knows like the the cow's gone, so they're gonna all die in a couple. All the ones that didn't die in the fight are just gonna end up dying in a couple weeks when they all starve to death. Like once all the food's gone. Yeah. I figured that they would probably like mutate for like season two. Like they would find a way to like, you know, live on this planet, eating our food in some way, shape or form, or like finding a substitute for the nectar that they usually take, that they usually eat. Uh, And then that would kind of lead into like, they hate peacemaker. And now they're going to like foil peacemaker and his team. Well, see, I kind of assumed that like, this was basically the end of this. And like, since Suicide Squad's like they always just go on different missions, so it's like this mission's over. So then now next season's like a new mission, and then mm-hmm. they can do season three like a new mission and stuff like for them to do. And they already like you know right out the gate did something as out there as like a sci-fi butterfly invasion. So so it's like the sky's kind of the limit. Like they didn't they didn't throttle back at all for season one with what was going on so it can only get crazier from there yeah i think it's kind of funny if you follow that canon it's like you know suicide squad did a starfish so it was like a giant starfish and then it was like you know an alien race that kind of was like 
air air based. So I'm kind of wondering if the third one's going to be like a nature based or like a land based kind of threat. Well, it's like DC knows like oh shit, like Marvel start to, starting to get into like the galactic shit. Let's like beat them to it and start doing alien stuff now. Yeah, but I did think it was hella funny at the end. They had the Flash and Aquaman cameos. Like that was hella funny. Like I I I was laughing. That was the only part like I really just kind of like laughed out loud like for a good solid minute well and it 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 was even funnier to me when i think i realized that because in what was episode one or two or whatever when peacemaker brings up uh i think it was episode one when he brings up aquaman fucking fish and he's like (laughs) well so and so on like reddit or whatever like wouldn't lie to me I'm assuming Barry was so-and-so on Reddit that created the rumor based off like what Aquaman said to him like at the end of stuff where he's like, fucking whatever. So I'm assuming Barry's the one that started that rumor about Aquaman to fuck with him and it like spread like wildfire online. Yeah, that was like legit the best moment when like, you know, they're coming out from that last battle and like you see the uh, you see the um, the Justice League show up and they're like, he's like, you're too late, fuckwads. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn. I, I couldn't believe they actually got the two of them to show up. Like, of course, they wouldn't get Henry Cavill or uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah, to show up. Yeah. But they, they had their little silhouettes and supposedly um, I was reading that Cy- Cyborg and they had someone's to stand in for both cyborg and Batman as well, but that they got like erased out of it. I don't know what happened there, but I well, you know, they, they got all they, supposed they, to be there. Yeah. They got the new Batman movie coming out, so they can't have Batfleck in there, you know? So yeah, some outline, but I feel like too, maybe if they had like all six of them standing there, it would have been too much like a select your character and like all these characters aren't unlocked yet because <laughs> they were just kind of blacked out in the shadows so i think maybe having four out of the six be blacked out in shadows would have been a little too off-putting than just two of them yeah so yeah your character it was it was a uh it was a good ending i did like the um I did like the hijinks that that kind of started the 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 whole episode, and you know it's kind of funny because you have some like heartbreaking truths that come out in it as far as like you know why the dude colors his beard and he's got to sit there and he's got to like you know, take it on the it chin while everybody's listening to him. I oh okay. no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say my favorite moment for him too in the last episode was when they're like, oh shit, we need to go help him. And he jumps over the fence and then fucking shatters his ankle <laughs> like two seconds after Hobbit. He's like, oh fuck. And you look at the bone stick. And I, he's like, oh God. He's like, I can't look at it. He's like, you're going to have to go on without me. And she's like already gone. Just fucking left him laying there with his yeah. broken fucking leg. Yeah. You're the last person. You're, you're our only hope. And the dude's in the back. And he's like, what the fuck? And then like he jumps <laughs> over the fence and breaks his leg. And you're just like, yeah, you were fucking useless. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a strong ending. It was probably one of the better like season finales of any of the like kind of comic book type uh, like shows that have been out there. Um, and I think James Gunn did a, a great job. And I would like to see him do more comic book stuff in general, not just Marvel, but like to see what he can do in the DC universe as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he, he's one of the few creators that truly seems to understand the medium that it comes from with comic books. So I'm, I'm eagly, hoping he gets more. Eagly, man, coming in, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> dude, I was doing, in the one episode when Eagly got hit and stuff, I was like, dude, I was like, if this bird fucking dies, I was like, I'm going to lose it right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh man that bird uh he's got my heart and like <laughs> megan was like watching it but then she like got up to go do something in the kitchen and i don't remember someone i don't remember who died in that like someone else died. i was like i was like oh shit oh it was myrrh or whatever i was like oh shit he died and megan was like eagerly and i was like no murder and she's like oh cool i don't give a fuck about murder i was like yeah i know i was like if it was eagerly we would have had a problem but i was like, oh, I was like he'll be fine yeah, I was like, uh, uh, when he takes off with the helmet, and I'm like, oh, Eagly, like, and they're, you know, they're coaching him, and Eagly's just not getting it. And I was like, yeah, this dude, he's nothing but problems. And then, like, he takes off with the helmet, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's finally going to do, like, he better not just, like, put it up there. It, or if he does, they're going to see him flying in, he's going to get dusted, right? And I was just, and, you know, I was sitting there with my girlfriend, we were watching, and she's like, he better not die. They better not shoot eagerly out of the sky. I swear to God. <laughs> I will admit that would have been kind of funny if they're like, you're like waiting for it. I'm like waiting for him to fuck it up and just poof out of the air. And just feathers. <laughs> I would have been like so heartbroken right there. You know, there's a cut on the floor somewhere of that actually happening. And they're just yeah. like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> just to fuck with everyone. The reactions like, whole like in the it's not in the script anywhere that that's going to happen. And it just happens and scares everybody. <laughs> That would have been awesome. Um, oh man! I also, I also really liked the uh, the episode with his dad, the one before where he like comes like tearing through the hits the fucking side of the van and just like crumples it in mm-hmm. instead of like burns it through. And they're like fighting him, and he has all the KKK members like following him around as he's trying to like beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that's a good way to make a KKK member without making a reference to the KKK. Just mm-hmm. give them cat ears on their head. Yeah, like the white dragon. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it, that was that was a great ending. Uh, now, do you want to talk about something that I didn't feel had as good of an ending? <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about Boba Fett. <laughs> yes, I mean that that last episode was. Um, uh, I I don't even know where to start with it. it it was good, like on the surface. Like if you were just looking at something for bright lights and a war scene, like that was awesome. But like when you start to look at the details, like those. Okay, so the people who I don't know if you've watched the book of Boba Fett at the end, they have this like great showdown, and it's supposed to be Boba, Boba Fett's crew, which is basically the the mods, the Mandalorian, um, her his right hand man and then maybe some settlers against like a whole army of people that are supposed to be like drug lords essentially like the the whole cartel yeah the whole cartel is coming in like you find out that like all of boba fett's people that said they were going to stay out of it have basically turned on to the other side because they feel that they're the winners um so they're basically throwing in their lot with them so they have all their mercenaries as well and then the battle starts and they got these I mean, like it starts and like, you know, they're holding their own for a little bit. They're doing pretty well. Uh, And then all of a sudden these two huge mech droids come in with shields and like their piddly little like rebellion unit can't do shit to get through the shields. So they decided they're going to split in like two different directions to draw the fire and like, you know, split up these two big mechs from like destroying their, their stronghold. So at one point, like, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett are like behind this pillar and the robot just like walks past him and like goes to shoot the mods. I was like the, the least effective 
like people in the resistance, like it goes to chase those guys down into a corner when like the two guys with rockets on their backs and the ones that can probably do the most amount of damage. One of them has got the dark saber and <laughs> like doesn't like doesn't even bat an eye at them. Just like walks by and is like, nah, I don't need to blow up that building. That's fine. And like they're just sitting there like shooting at it. I'm like, dude, like if that robot had any sense, it would have blown up those two guys and been like, peace, we're done. Like nobody else is going to fight back. We got their captain. So. Dude, that that's the thing that kind of blew me away. It was like one, I feel like they could have probably cut twenty minutes out of the finale and still ended <laughs> up with the same result somewhere. Yeah. Like they spent so much time just then like shooting at the machines with the shields that were obviously I'm like, man, the last five minutes shooting at the shields sure was doing a lot of nothing. Like, why are you still doing that? Like it obviously is not gonna work. And then I was like blown away. I'm like, one, I don't understand how the dark saber couldn't cut through the fucking shield. Mm-hmm. Like that thing, like can cut through Mandalorian armor, and yet it can't fucking cut through some weird fucking shield thing. And then two, when he finally gets through the shield to cut the robot, he like cuts it in the most inefficient way. I'm like, stab <laughs> it in the head. I'm like, you are on top of the fucking thing. Just down. And so he does some weird slice and like cuts off his arm. And I'm like, my guy. Like, what do you do? Just push down. Like, you don't even have to have the fucker on. Just put it, like, the hilt to the fucking thing and turn it on. And it'll just go right into it. Like, what are you doing? Like, I get that it's an OP weapon. And it's like, oh, okay, because it's, like, you know, trying to, like, draw this out, I guess. But I'm like, come on, dude. Like, why is it taking you, like, 30 minutes to cut this thing with the literal Darksaber? I know. You basically took, like, the most powerful mythical weapon aside from, like, a lightsaber and basically made it useless against shields. Yeah, and then he made poor Grogu, like, Grogu finally, like, woke the fuck up, and he's like, all right, guys, I guess I have to fucking do something now, because these other people are being completely incompetent in killing these robots. But what did he do? Like, I mean, Grogu came down, and, like, he just sat there, and, like, I think he basically pulled the trajectory of one of the laser shots, so it didn't hit the Mandalorian, and then passed out, and then he was just like... That was what all he was there for is to move well, the laser. He, like, he also cal- he calmed the whatever I almost want oh, to call it Rancor. a Mac, but yeah, the Rancor, yeah, yeah, the Rancor. There we go. Yeah, he calmed he calmed his rampage down. He did the the Jedi okay. mind soothing on it, and then he fell asleep and snuggled the <laughs> Rancor. Yeah, yeah, and that Grogu puppetry stuff at the end. Uh, you needed to. I, I mean, I know you wanted to do everything practically, but like, dude, there was some jank there. Like, you probably could have benefited from a little bit of CGI just to make it move a little better. I was happy though that they did confirm at the end or whatever that the sheriff was alive and they brought the mod dude in to fix him. Because when he didn't show up, I was like, oh, the sheriff's gonna show up and like, yeah, no, he's dead. I was like, dude, is he really fucking dead? Is that like the last we saw him was him laying in the street and then they're just like, <laughs> yep, nope, he's gone. We're never gonna see him again. I'm like, really? So. Yeah, it, it was a uh, it was weak sauce. Like I I did I was not impressed with the ending. Dude, what was funny is in my group chat, my friend Brandon was like sucking the finale's dick about how great it was, <laughs> and I was like, "Did we watch the same finale? Like, do you have some like weird version of Disney Plus that had a better version of this episode on it that I just apparently missed out on because it was all right, it wasn't great." Like, I'll tell you yeah. that much. And like the Mandalorian was just sitting there throwing shade the whole time. I mean, like you're on the losing team and you're sitting there just throwing shade at your commander the whole time. He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "I can't believe these people." I can't believe these people just totally like switch sides on us. And the dude was like, well, it's what I would have done. I mean, (laughs) my favorite part of the entire finale is when him and Mandalorian Boba Fett are like sitting there. He's like, well, I already agreed to help you. So either 
we're either going to run away together or we're going to die fighting. And they're like, die fighting? And like, okay, die fighting. And they get all cocked <laughs> up, like ready to go. And then the one guy's like, uh, suggestion. And he's like, how about we don't do that? And I go out there and negotiate. And then he sent Boba Fett sends him out there to negotiate. And he's like, here's uh, Boba Fett's terms. And he's like, it's basically like, yeah, get fucked. And he's like, hmm, like reading it. And they're like, what are the terms? And he's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and tries to like realize, like, basically told you guys to uh, fuck off. And <laughs> he's like, I, I can't read hieroglyphs. And then he turns he turns the thing around and there's just a dick drawn on it. He's <laughs> yeah. like, stall for three minutes while we jetpack in and shoot shit up. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, there were some like there were some good moments. Like, don't get me wrong, I did find some joy in it, but it was I, I just felt like they didn't really nail the um, the full. Um, like, there were a lot of loopholes. There were a lot of logic errors there. So, yeah, I'll right. just say for uh, that Pixel Life's end of the year 2022 for TV shows, uh, Boba Fett will not be on the top three. <laughs> you mean the Mandalorian? Half of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was all right. But uh, now we can go on to something else that I was uh, thoroughly unimpressed with. <laughs> there we go. There's uh, the lead in. Yeah, we can go to uh, we can go to Cuphead. Uh, I watched the first episode on Netflix, and that's all I ever need to see. All right. You, you only gave it one episode, dude. Like I tried. I tried. I really I tried. tried. I, I really tried did to you? just like find did some. I, I did. I gave it. I gave it twenty minutes of my life. I'm like, I'm not going to give much more of that. Like, I mean, the art style is cool. I like the art style, and that's what draw drew me into it. Um, when I saw like teasers for it, and there was the the comedy between the red dude and the blue dude, the blue cuphead dude. And like the one dude was drinking himself out of his, like, you know, he had this straw and he was drinking out of his head. And the guy was like, are you seriously drinking yourself right now? And the guy was like, yeah, I'm drinking myself. It's delish. You should try it. And then like he dies because he drinks all of his, the milk in his head. Like that was hilarious to me. Like when I saw that trailer, but that there was none of that kind of comedy in the first episode. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And it was hard enough to watch it anyway. Cause my girlfriend was like, I can't believe we're watching this. I don't really well, like it. Well, I just want to say too the fact it also, all of this could be summed up by the fact that Shannon also doesn't even know that his name's Mugman. It's Cuphead and Mugman. Just like, yeah, the blue dude. That's how little I care about this show. Like, I didn't play the game because I knew the game was hard as balls, right? Like, that's the one thing I heard about the game is it's a challenging game. That's great. Like, I, I, at the time, I didn't have time. My life was challenging enough. I didn't need a game that was challenging. So, you know, I, I just noped out of it. But I like the art style of the game. And now this is a way that I could have enjoyed it um, without playing the game. And I was just not impressed. All right. Fair enough. Now, I do want to talk about, since I don't think we talked about it yet, something that did impress me, and that's the... Did we talk about the Doctor Strange trailer? Uh, No, we have not. Let's talk about it. I was like, I want to talk about Doctor Strange, because let let me tell you, spoilers, double, double spoilers... If you haven't seen the Doctor Strange trailer, but um, the fact that it looks like we're getting the Illuminati is amazing to me. I'm interested about that. Like, yeah, give go go in a little bit about that because Illuminati isn't like a well-known thing necessarily. Correct. So the big reveal, the big takeaway that everybody got from the trailer is they. You didn't even really see him, but you saw over the shoulder. You heard the voice. You know it's him, yeah. Patrick Stewart is in the movie. He's going to be Charles Xavier. 
and they set up some like should we tell him or whatever like the thing and a lot of people were like oh x-men are in what and it's like no 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 i was like this was definitely setting up the illuminati Mm -hmm. which in the comic books the illuminati is made up of it is charles xavier dr strange um uh, iron man it's black panther yeah Yeah, black panther reed richards namor um black bolt and is only captain america in there too yeah like captain america was a part of it but then he left he left the because he couldn't deal with because he didn't like so the whole point of the illuminati was there's like a version of them in every universe and it's always them it's just that whatever universe's version of them Mm -hmm. and uh basically all the reed richards communicate with each other across all the different multiverses and share information and in the comic run of i think it was like new avengers or whatever is the comic run it was in um multiverses start randomly like exploding and disappearing and like nobody knows why so all the illuminati start communicating with each other trying to figure out what's happening and then like reed richards basically kind of comes to terms with the fact that the way to stop it from happening is for them to basically destroy other multiverses to save their own and that's what captain america doesn't like is that Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it's resorting to so he's like no i'm gonna leave so then he dips and then they're like okay so we're all down for killing other multiverses so then (laughs) dr strange sells his soul to gain like the power of a god and they basically go to other multiverses and start like going to war with the other illuminati to destroy their universe before they destroy theirs Gotcha, <laughs> and that's what happens in the comic anyway and so it's just a council of these people and we're obviously not going to get exactly all those people in this but we have charles xavier and i'm assuming um like we'll have not strange but the uh the other dude who's in the trailer the black i forget what his character's name is but the black dude i'm assuming he's replacing strange on the council the one who arrests mm-hmm. strange trailer i'm assuming he's basically strange's seat mordo mordo yeah mordo there we go i'm assuming mordo is effectively dr strange's seat in the illuminati and then i'm assuming we'll get some version of black panther Mm. i would not be surprised if it was a what's his name the big dude from black panther the michael b jordan no no not him the other one the one who the one hidden in the mountains guy yeah the 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 leader of the the gorilla clan or whatever yes i'm assuming yeah i'm assuming it's gonna be him i i wouldn't also be surprised if it was b jordan but since he's also kind of a dick i don't see him like really going along okay but it's also the type of thing where this is a chance for them to try out a new actor as black panther but it's not t'challa it's not t'challa let's be clear we're not replacing t'challa guys don't panic but it could be a way for them to just hey test the waters there a little bit exactly and um i'm also assuming that uh um who are the other people that was that i'm also like i heard a rumor that like blade might be one of the people in the illuminati instead like taking like namor spot or something Mm. Um, well it it was also pretty weird because they they said i think there was like a small snippet like a couple months ago saying that uh tom cruise had signed on to play iron man but they didn't say in what yes that's the other thing i'd heard is that tom cruise they want tom cruise to play 
was it like it's like superior iron man yeah. or like whatever which if you look at the trailer there are like iron man kind of slash ultron robots there which would also kind of make sense well and the other thing where people are assuming it's uh monica rambo or captain marvel in the one sequence i've seen it floated that like no that could be superior iron man I've also seen people freeze different frames and say like it could just be cut like it's both of them. They're like both there and it's just yeah. them using like the footage and like manipulating it in such a way where you're not really seeing who it actually is, but they could both technically and I've also heard that the costume designer um from Doctor Strange was like with Deadpool and stuff, mm. so that Dead Brian Reynolds is supposed to be in it as well. <laughs> I mean, let's let's face it. This is their skeleton key to get all of these properties into the MCU. Like this is the moment when it's like, okay, we have multiverses cracked wide open. So let's get all this stuff in and and go. My guess is if I had to project this out, I bet we don't get much multiverse after this. Like unless it's unless it's an Illuminati based storyline or something like that where, where you have a bunch of rifts opening up and things pouring through, like you'll have your Kang overarching storyline and you're going to have maybe an Illuminati overarching storyline. But as far as like, we're going to rip this open and get the fantastic four and X-Men in this. I I bet you don't do it that much just because that for the simple reason of like, this isn't a comic book, that stuff gets super confusing. If you, if you don't just nip it in the bud, you know what I mean? And so I, I bet there's a little grand opening, grand closing here a little bit. I'm kind of wondering if they use this as like, they're like at the end of all their movies, you know, they, in, in like phase one, two, and three, they had like the build up to Thanos. Right. So like at the end of every Marvel movie, there was like a little snippet where it was just like, here's a little bit more of like who this Thanos guy is or how these sure. stories are going to intertwine. I'm kind of wondering if they do that with the with these movies where at the end of the movies, like a multiverse, like little portal opens up and like either like somebody falls into it and gets stuck in another dimension or mm-hmm. another universe. And then before you know it, you have like all these people in like one multiverse and they're like the team that's going to go take out like one of the linchpins. That's like a multiverse that they know, like if they stop this one, they'll stop all the other ones from collapsing. You know, Maybe. kind of that kind of theory. It, it might be like the same thing um, over the long haul. Well, because also in this movie, we get America Chavez, who does like punch, you know, dimensional Through dimensions yeah. in things like that's her power, um, which is interesting. Uh, I'm not going to go into details too much, but the order of these movies was supposed to have been strange. And then Spider-Man, they had to shift the order due to, you know, COVID times and, and a bunch of rewrites happened and a character, uh, well, America Chavez was supposed to be in Spider-Man and her actions in that movie had to be replaced by another character that in the movie works, but doesn't make a bunch of sense. If you think about it too hard <laughs> and, and knowing that now it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, that would have worked way better than what they came up with in Spider-Man to get the other Spider-Man in the movie. Um, so spoiler I, God. Oh, sorry. The other Spider-Man. <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, so the, 
I'm curious to see what they do with her in, in, cause she is another one where you can just use her to pull a character in if you really need to. Um, so yeah, uh, America Chavez is a super cool character and I'm, I'm really interested to see how they use her in the MCU. Yeah, I also want, saw a video kind of breaking down and freeze framing the trailer and like they were like dissecting the, like the poster and stuff. And in the poster, in one of the shards of glass, you can see the uh, the Captain British, like the shield from What oh, If yeah. of Peggy. And there's one part where it's strange and is like when his face is doing the jigsaw thing and they're mm-hmm. falling through dimensions. If you freeze it at this one part, you see the What If universe. So they fall yeah. through the What If universe at one point. Well, and, and, you know, zombie Scarlet Witch and mm-hmm. it looks like zombie strange show up in the trailer. Yeah. But I have seen it posited where people are like, that's not zombie strange. That's actually nightmare. Yeah. I've also heard that. And it's like, I'm assuming like nightmare could be like a rude, like how much is nightmare really in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, cause they, in the trailer you see him for like a second at the end or whatever. And it's like, is he even really like in the movie or just like briefly? It's like oh. a tease to make you think he's the big villain, but then they're like, oh no, in typical Marvel fashion. They're like, oh, this is the villain. And they're like, huh, you thought Wanda's the villain all along. Well, or, you know, Strange Supreme from What If might be the villain. You know, they yeah, have, they have. They've set up in the trailer like four different people that could possibly be the villains, including <laughs> Professor X. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see where this goes. I am ready. I, am yeah, I I would also give my let because in the comic as well, um, Doom also works with the Illuminati. Yeah. So if they make Doom one of the chairs, like I would like, instead of the Iron Man thing or whatever, if it's like just Doom robots or like whatever, and he's part of the Council of the Illuminati, I would give my left nut for that. I am <laughs> I am a hundred percent convinced that Doom is coming in this in this rollout. And it would not shock me at all if Doom ends up being the Thanos of this run. Like they have set up. I want it. They have set up Kang. They have set up, you know, Nightmare. They've set up all these like almost red herrings, I feel. But they've never, but they haven't shown Doom in any aspect, even hinted towards him. But you've got to think, you know, Thanos didn't show up until the Avengers movie. So I, I, I want a hint of Doom. Because I think if there's one villain Marvel has that is the best villain they have, it is Doctor Doom. And so, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I'm also basically I'm also very much expecting a kind of like a um, like Eternals Mm -hmm. sort of ending where it's basically like Wanda doing some version of like the no more mutants thing. And then it's just going to go end. And then you're gonna be like, okay, so what the fuck happened? And you're not gonna really know what her like wish or like whatever she did fucking broke the universe. And then it's just gonna end, and you're just gonna have to find out at some yeah. point down the road what she did and the repercussions of it. We're gonna have to wait till Ant Man shows up with the Kang movie next. So yeah, I'm. They've got me. They've got me back in. I'm back in. Dude, and it comes out in like less than like two like two months basically yeah. is when it comes out. And then we get Moon Knight in March, right? Oh yep. god, dude, I'm so excited for Moon Knight. I can't I just can't get behind the fact that we're gonna be like fifty-two when like this second iteration of like this Marvel like thing finishes. Hey, <laughs> I'm what, like 
Whatever bro. distracts me from my lower back pain. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I, I love Moon Knight's crazy ass though. Like just, why do you wear all white? Cause I want them to see me coming. That's why. And it's like, yes, yes. Moon Knight, you crazy bastard. Let's do this. Like, all right. Kick ass. Take names. I mean, I want it to, I want that series to be like just the appropriate amount of crazy mixed with like ass kickery. Mm-hmm. Not so much like the Legion show that was on like FX. Like Dude, level I love, I love that show. So much. <laughs> season oh one my of God. Le- like season one of Legion, top tier. I top never watched tier. season two, but season one was fan beginning to end was amazing. S tier, S tier. Yes. Like <laughs> before all the Disney Plus shows, like that yeah. was like the like oh. This is a fantastic, like, adult Marvel show. And it's one of those, it's so batshit crazy, you don't have any idea what the hell is even going on until, like, the fifth <laughs> episode of that. But then by the fifth episode, you are so in. Like, once well, yeah. they finally you're tell like, you what's going on, you're like, oh, shit, I, I have to see this now. Like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> you're like, the lines between what's real and what's fake have been blurred so hard that I'd believe anything at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, Legion. What a show. God damn. Um, all right. Well, let's let's wrap this up. We've been going for a good while here. But uh, Justin, why don't you put some shrimp on that fried rice and take this on over? You know what, guys? <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. Listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. If you've been playing Horizon yourself, or if you also enjoy Cuphead and you want to tell Shannon how wrong he is for <laughs> stopping 20 minutes into watching it, why don't you head on over to the Discord and uh, we can talk about it. And if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a review. Mm-hmm. Let us know uh, what you think, what you like, and uh, recommend us to your friends. And uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, Zach, stop. Oh, I got to poop my pants. <laughs> yeah.